Welcome back to Workwoman. Today, we are unpacking a heavy, heavy topic that is your vision statement. So today we are talking about the vision statement of your organization and why it is so important. If you remember from the podcast that I did about mission statements, I believe, let me just double check, that podcast was... Number 12, how to make a statement with your mission. I break the whole mission statement down. But at the time, I think I teased this, but I didn't really go into the next steps, which is the creation of the vision statement. But when we take a step back and look at the framework to begin with, you have a mission statement, you have a vision statement, and then you have your core values. So today I'm gonna dive right into vision statement. If you missed mission statement, definitely start there. Go back to episode 12, listen to that, read through it. Let's figure that out first. But once you figure that out, we need to dive straight into your where, which is your mission statement. Why did I say your where? If your mission is why, then your vision is where. Why does the business exist? What purpose, what function does the business have? That's your mission statement. But with the vision statement, once you have that solidified, okay, that's great that you want to serve your local community with serving the best coffee. But where does this business land? Where does it go in 10 years from now? If you don't have clarity on this, the reason this is an issue is you won't be able to attract team members who are equally as interested in solving the massive problems that you are going to have along the journey of going from where you're at today to where you want to go. And if in the interview process, you're not having conversations about this, it is likely that you could be hiring in team members who just think that they're gonna work at any job. Well, ideally you are building careers You are not building jobs for people. You want them to long-term be with you and your organization and solve the big problems that it's going to take in order to hit those goals that you have. And so this idea of where you're going, you have to have such clarity, such singular focus on the where to attract the type of people who are your brand of crazy. Like all of us who like to solve problems, all of us who want to push further, there, there are others but they are a little bit more difficult to find. Sometimes they're like diamond in the rough. No, that's probably the wrong statement. They're like finding a needle in a haystack. It might not be as difficult as literally finding a needle in a haystack, but it is something that you have to put particular attention into when you're in the uh, interview process, when you're drawing candidates in, and as you work in the business with reclarifying and restating how the frick you're going to get to where you want to go. And so with that, just like last time, I'm going to go through this exercise that we do in order to help our clients move through the esoteric process of drafting a vision statement. So think about it this way. The vision statement should be your 10-year picture of where you want the business to go. And I'm going to make this complicated in order to make it simple. So we are going to create three different vision statements. There are three different statements that you use because there are three types of team members that you are looking to find. Think about it like this. Uh, One team member is likely influenced and motivated by one set of things. And another is interested and motivated and influenced by a different set of things. Some might be more 
um, family oriented. This is where we talk about personal, professional, and financial goals and really being able to understand what drives and motivates that person so that you can use those things to be able to help align and inspire them to do the hard work that you know it's going to require in order to hit your goals. Well, the same is true with the structure of your vision statement, where there are really three types of vision statements that we break down. Ideally, you are only choosing one to come out to your candidates and to your team with. Uh, but you do have these three in your pocket, the other two in your pocket, in order to shift the conversation depending on what really drives and motivates the candidate that you are talking to. So the three versions are the brand vision statement, the people vision statement, and the revenue mission statement. Not mission statement, the revenue vision statement. Uh, let's talk about brand first. So brand is the overall impact that the business is trying to create. So this likely looks like how many clients would you like to serve over the next 10 years? So when we think about Cardone Ventures, we really do the, the math backwards because we also have a revenue target. It is all is oftentimes easiest to start with the financial impact that you want to create first, because then you can do the math to understand how many team members you would need, which would be that people vision statement, and then how many clients you'd have to serve or how many like widgets you'd have to sell or things like the actual impact that you're going to create. And all three of those numbers should tie out together. So with that, let's start in reverse order. Uh, in my experience of interviewing hundreds of people, I would say that the financial component is the least interesting to many of the team members that I've interviewed. Most team members want to be part of something that's creating a bigger impact, which is gonna be that brand vision statement, or they're gonna to want to have more clarity around what type of environment, like the people, the work that they're gonna be able to do uh, so that they can have that in their day job, but then, you know, go to their families and have that be a huge driving factor of where they find motivation and inspiration, all of that. But for those people who are looking solely at opportunities as I want to make money here, I want to know that there is financial growth available to me in this position. Again, there are very few people who take this tactic in an interview, but this is where you would use and leverage this version of your vision statement. Because the good news is you want to find people who are financially motivated. If your team is not financially motivated or there aren't at least certain team members on your team that are financially motivated, uh, you're gonna have a hard time. Even nonprofits need to have financial motivations in order to be able to serve and create the bigger impact to really serve that mission statement, that why. And so the financial motivation should really at least be present in people who are responsible for driving revenue growth, right? That's your marketing team, that's your sales team, but it likely doesn't have to be as big of a driver in the operations or the product side of the business as you're building out those teams. So the financial outcome or the revenue vision statement, um, it should be crystal clear about what your 10-year financial goal is. So how much revenue does that look like for you? What is the actual tangible number? For us at Cardone Ventures, we have set the target of managing $10 billion worth of revenue uh, across our business and our clients' businesses by 2030. This puts a stake in the ground to say, okay, if this is where we want to be, now let's back into how many businesses we would have to serve in order to get there, which is gonna go back to our brand vision statement. 
I have a worksheet that I'm working on. You can find it at natalieworkman.com. That is just going to break out the difference between the brand, people, revenue. If you're watching this, you can actually see me holding up. Brand is normally first in the primary one, but we just started with the revenue target uh, initially. So revenue target is set. We're good to go. Now we're going to go into how do you back into those numbers? So what you would do is you would take your existing clients and how much revenue they generate for you. You would multiply that out through the 10-year mark in order to understand, okay, how much increase in revenue by customer are you looking to have in your organization in order to hit that 10-year mark? Or is it the exact same? You get the point here. So it's the process of I have this pie in the sky revenue number, but it's not so far in the sky that you can't work your way back into what the business actually has to do from an operation standpoint in order to create that financial impact. So the idea here would be to just put a pin in how many clients you would serve, how much impact over the next 10 years. People oftentimes get really wishy-washy with the vision because they'll put together a statement like, we will be the best in the area. Okay, that doesn't mean anything to people anymore. I think clients or customers in general and people who are being sold all the time don't trust the idea of a company saying, I am the best or I am the largest or I am the most trusted. It's been used so much. So instead, if you're able to say, I'm going to serve 10,000 clients, it becomes believable. It becomes a place for you to, create confidence in the conversation. And that's ultimately what you're looking to do, but not necessarily with your clients. Remember your mission, your vision, your values, who are they for? They're for your team. Your team needs to know that you as a business owner are able to back into the plan because at the end of the day, they are trusting you to help them hit their financial goals. So if you don't know what those numbers are, who does? Uh, this is something that Brandon has taught me that I think uh, should go without saying, but as we work with clients, uh, it, it really doesn't. The financial impact that your business creates is so important that you cannot abdicate this to some role that you hire. You don't have to have had your finance or accounting degree Brandon never even went to college. Well, I think he technically went to one semester, but he can roll those numbers off his head, know what profit margin is, know what our operating expenses are month over month, know what the target is, know where the actuals are because he's paying attention. You equally have to pay attention and set that foundation in place so that the team isn't saying, oh, we have this leader, but they're not even certain of what direction we're going on any given day. If you don't provide that clarity, if you don't create that true consistency in your message with your team, then nobody else is going to. And all of you guys are going to be, I think of like ducks, like the mama duck with the baby ducks that just follow around. And when the mama duck just like circles and isn't going anywhere, like that's you and your team. You're just like moving around versus a leader who has, I think of like those flagpoles that people when they're doing like travel tours hold of like, hey, follow me because I know where the frick I'm going. 
It is your job through this process to know where the frick you're going. It is not, and I actually love that other consultants so butcher this because it, it provides me with the ability to actually provide the right structure. Um, this is not just some like, oh, we're just going to throw this up and see if it sticks and see if it works out. No, you take your mission and your vision so seriously so that you can work your way into the numbers so that you can create, what is my one C word, everybody? The big C confidence. The idea is to create confidence. Okay, so moving off of we've got the revenue target. So for Cardone Ventures, I can just share with you guys our legacy or impact over the next 10 years. We want to create 1 million 10x businesses. So 1 million. There, It's not, oh, we want to be the business, best business builder on the planet. No, that's like that doesn't mean anything to anybody. We can quantify, did we hit this target? Did we not hit this target? We can quantify how many businesses we've currently made an impact on and say, okay, we got to pick it up this year. We're starting out slower, right? We're, we have to ramp up to be able to operate, but then it compounds if the business is built properly and the idea is to, to create it that way. So you have our revenue target, the 10 billion revenue target. We can back that in with the 1 million 10x businesses, knowing what our cost structure is and knowing what our partnership vehicles look like for the businesses that we take 2% and 20% 2% management fee and 20% of the upside that is all included but if somebody were to ask me okay what it, how is cardone ventures going to create a 10 billion dollar organization like i could walk them through the numbers they haven't happened yet the idea is not that it's totally baked out but i could get you to a place where you say okay i get it i get where the business model is going i get how you're going to create value okay now we're moving to people so from a people standpoint this is the idea of I think this is going to be it's it's a it's a 50/50 between your interviewees and your existing team members and finding the um, incentive and motivation between split between the brand and the people. So if you create an environment that people want to work in because you have figured out a way to make their success easy and just the environment I I I struggle to say the word feel good because it's not the idea is not to create a feel-good environment, but it is to create a place where people are solving problems and able to learn, and there's a constructive culture that rewards the right thing and disincentivizes the wrong thing. So this people piece, like for us, um, ours is creating uh, 50,000 10x employees. And so if you're a new team member with us, you'd have to beg the question, well, what is a 10x employee? And there is a 15-week course that we go through that helps raise the individual's level of thinking and doing and contribution and leadership skills around our concepts of belief, operational effectiveness, and leadership. And we want to create 50,000 people who understand what that's like and who feel empowered in their ability to solve big problems and to add massive value to the extent that they are willing to work hard and be gritty. I don't know why gritty seems like a good word, but it just does. And really put themselves out there to grow and develop and reach their goals. And so we have these three. So if so just like in summary for Cardone Ventures, right, it's we want we lead out with one million 10x businesses because that is something that attracts a certain type of candidate that's like, wow, I want to be a part of some an organization that's going to impact the lives of small business owners. 
that's something that if any of you have ever, um, well, if you are a small business owner or if you had parents who are small business owners and you could really understand what we mean by creating a 10x version of that, it's to remove the stress and the anxiety and the friction away from the business owner to create freedom and structure and process and growth that allows all the good things to happen. So for any of our potential team members or existing team members that have parents who are small business owners or who are friends or spouses or in their past, they've been a small business owner. They can really relate to and be excited about giving these tools and resources to other business owner as something that they want to contribute to as they're going to be working with us for eight to, you know, sometimes 10 hours a day. Um, So then on the people side, if I was in an interview with somebody and I'm talking about what the true opportunity is, I would use, I would pivot to use the uh, 50,000 team members because if I'm a future 10X employee and I'm in an interview and somebody tells me that we're gonna have to hire 50,000 people, a intelligent person who understands how numbers work would say, okay, well, the leadership team looks like X right now, but it needs to look like why, and there's a potential seat for me at that table if I'm able to add value, therefore I'm all in because we're talking about this. But if you're not even talking about how big the team's gonna grow and what type of development that team needs to go through, then you're not likely going to get that type of talent through your front door. And then again, the last one is the finance piece. Again, we use this more so for our sales and our top line marketing people for revenue growth. Uh, Our finance people to a certain extent, but this is really just to paint the picture of we are building something freaking massive and it needs people who have either had these experiences before or who are really interested in being able to create that. In this interview process, uh, I think it's important to note that one of my favorite books, I have it right here, I reference this book often because it changed the entire course of my life. Um, For those of you listening, I have just pulled out the book Sell or Be Sold by Mr. Grant Cardone. And in the interview process, the thing that I want to draw your attention to is at any given point in time, you are either selling a candidate on why they should choose to work for you because they are a freaking rock star that you would love to have join your team, or they are selling you on why they are good at your opportunity, a good fit for your opportunity and why you should look to hire them. And so as you're thinking through that, uh, the vision statement conversation you would use across everybody, but those extra tie-ins, those hooks to people who are in alignment and that you would be selling awesome talent, those high performers, you want to have these things that are quantified that you could just spit off and anybody in the organization can know and have clarity on so that you can bring more of that into the environment. And it sounds like it's something so silly because everybody else waters this concept down, but I can't tell you how many times in an interview process we move from um, them, us wanting to sell them on why they should work for us because they're great talent to us going through what the plan is. And all of a sudden, you feel that dynamic shift. You, you, you can almost watch it shift where they know that they might be overqualified, but all of a sudden, like this light bulb just goes off because they see opportunity. Your vision statement is your opportunity. It's your where you're going so that you can assemble the right team of people to join you. So with that, uh, ours are not full sentences. 
we get the question often, well, could you could could you just combine them? You could combine them and make them one sentence. For us, it would be Cardone Ventures will create 1 million 10x businesses with 50,000 10x employees creating a $10 billion organization. That's a lot of words and a lot of information to process in just one sentence. And so we really do recommend that you choose one of those things to really lead into. Um, and then these are the criteria that we use to rank the effectiveness of a vision statement. So if you have a vision statement already, you're like, Natalie, I've heard this before. I got this in place. Great. So put your vision statement on a piece of paper or mentally pull it up in your brain, like pull out that file, dust it off, look at what that vision statement says. Okay, now you're tracking with me. So the first criteria is, is it in 10 years? Consultants debate about this. Is it five years? Is it 10 years? We choose 10 years. Why do we choose 10 years? 10 years is far enough out where you don't have to have the mechanics figured out, but you can still put a plan in place like we just worked through from a financial target standpoint to say this is aspirational. It is far out enough to work towards, but it, it does. it's not too close. Like five years can you, can you have transparency into 10 years? No, absolutely not. Five years, it's still far out, but it, for us, it's it's too close to really make something feel like it's going to change monumentally and allow people to dream about what that could look like and what their impact could be. When I think of who I was 10 years ago, let's see if I'm 27 right now. My gosh, I was 17 years old. Like the whole, my everything in my life is, I, every, I just told you guys that everything in my life has changed since I read this book. This was two years ago. 10 years from now, the whole organization can change. The dynamics of the economy can change. You could go through a pandemic. There's so many different things, right? And so for us, it's the 10-year stake. It's the moving forward. Also, it happens to align with this little thing that we call the 10X rule. It's just, it's 10. We like the number 10. Okay, second piece of this. Is that vision statement that you have or the variety of vision statements that you have like us, is it actually quantifiable? Meaning in 10 years from now, can you say, yes, I did this or no, I didn't? If it is too ambiguous or if it's just being the best or dominating the region or taking over the state, it's like, okay, who are your competitors and how many people would you serve in order to get there? And what, like, what is there? What is your competitors' numbers so that you would know if you're beating your competitors, et cetera? Quantifiable, yes or no? If it's no, let's let's tighten that sucker up. Let's just get that puppy nice and tight. The third criteria that we use is the idea of your legacy and doing a gut check. So the beautiful thing about owning a business is you get to decide where you're going. Nobody else gets to choose this for you. And right now, if you don't have a vision statement, you might be operating without this uh, and you're just doing what you're doing. But the idea of looking 10 years out from now and being able to say, okay, this is where I want to be in 10 years. When you, th when you have a gut check, when you check in with yourself, and you say, is this something that fulfills the legacy that I want to create for myself, for my team, for my family, for my community, for my customers? Like, is this enough? Is this something that I can look back at and say, damn, I'm proud. I really put everything into this and am so grateful that I created this thing. And if it's not that, then let's let's rework that. Let's figure out what it is that you want to be creating with this work to create the legacy that you want because 10 years is a long freaking time. And if you're going to spend the next year, 10 years, putting all of this hard work into 
developing a team and organizing your financials and creating marketing strategies and getting kicked in the teeth when customers tell you no and you don't really care about where it's ultimately leading to, then you're gonna have a problem in 10 years from now. All of the hard work that you're distracting yourself with right now isn't gonna fix that your legacy uh, is not really being fulfilled or upheld by what you've chosen to put your stake in the ground for. The fourth criteria, is your vision statement one sentence? One sentence, we do not need two sentences. What is that TikTok where it's like, where the the girl, uh, I'm gonna really send this sideways here for a second. She is imitating people who dance to that like Corvette, Corvette song. And at the end of it, she's like, it only takes, wait, no, it only takes one because everybody like adds two to it. It's like, dun, 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 dun. Like it's like, I'm, for those of you listening, I'm like, just like type in Corvette, Corvette. And it's this girl who makes fun of people who do this dance to the song. And I guess some people have been adding additional steps. She's like, it only takes one. And then she does the two and like mimics the two. Like it doesn't take two freaking sentences for your vision statement, okay? It takes one sentence. It only takes one. I hope that that is a clip that we use for the promotion of this. Only takes one vision statement, guys. No, I'm sorry. It might actually takes three vision statements. It only takes one sentence. Next criteria, is it easy to memorize? If you are the only person that can memorize your vision statement because it is a long ass sentence, you've got a problem. Just shorten it. Remember we talked about it earlier, keeping it tight and sweet, easy to memorize. The worst part is if it's so difficult to memorize that you don't even memorize it. So many of the times that we go through this exercise with clients, they think that they like have all of this figured out. They're like, oh yeah, I have my vision statement. And then I ask them to stand up and share with me their vision statement. And then they open their website or they open the notes that they had. No, the idea is you can just rattle this vision statement off at any moment of the day in order to create, what is that word again? What is that little C word? Confidence. Rattle that thing off. If it's not easily memorizable, if that's a word, then it's not going to create confidence in the people that you're communicating with if you have to go look up what your vision statement is. You should have such clarity on where you're going that you don't have to like consult somebody. The next piece is plain spoken language. This is a criteria that we use because oftentimes it can be really easy when drafting a vision statement to put all of these buzzwords in or try to be fancy and cool and impress people. If somebody doesn't understand what you're trying to tell them that you do and where you are going with your organization, it, it doesn't matter what your big fancy words are or what your intent is because no one's going to understand it. I remember when I was a lot younger, I would go to these networking events and I would talk to people who actually I think it was early on in my Audigy group days where <laughs> this is going to sound ridiculous, but I was 20 years old and did not know what an audiologist was. And I didn't really understand like the hearing aid mechanism and binaural and all of this like really important stuff to an audiologist. But as somebody who didn't understand what the frick they were saying, what do you do in a situation where you don't understand what somebody's saying? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's so great. So you said you had two kids? Like you move off so fast because you don't want to look like an idiot. You don't want to ask questions. Sure, you could get better at asking questions, and this is something I am a huge proponent of. However, just make it easy for people so that they really actually understand where you were going. 
Plain spoken, no buzzwords, no industry speak, just plain simple, this is where we're headed. Do you want to come with me? Because you're never going to find people to come with you if they don't know where you're going. Next up, is it compelling? So this is the other thing. Uh, if your vision statement is not compelling, like for us, if if we said that we want to impact 5,000 business owners, and you asked me today, how many business owners have you already impacted? And we said 1,000. So it's only, so it's half of what we're doing now for the next 10 years. That's not going to compel me to quit my job or to choose you as a place that I'm going to be challenged and work. And so if you don't feel when you're creating this that it's compelling and that as soon as you say it, like I watched this light bulb go off with our clients who work with me in our People Essentials workshop because we really like suss out the nitty gritty of their mission, vision, and value statements. There's this like movement that happens in the room when all of a sudden that criteria is checked. When it moves from, oh, we want to help 5,000 people find homes to we want to transform 5,000 people's home buying experience. Like the the whole energy moves to, wow, like I want to be a part of something like that. And again, without getting too heady with this and spending so much time saying, is it compelling or is it not? Try something out, but make sure that you're thinking like, if, so, if I were to hear this and hear somebody else talk about this, would I want to know? Tell me more and help me understand more and really have a conversation or is it just kind of vanilla and not something that would really inspire somebody to take action to join your team or to tell somebody about what your business is doing. The last criteria and probably the least sexy of all the criteria is active verbiage. So when you are creating your vision statement, you do not want to say, we have created 10 million businesses over the next blah, blah, blah. The idea behind many people writing out their goals is if they've already happened, I love. I think that's great on like a personal activity, but your team will think you're freaking nuts if you say, we have created 50,000 homes across America when you've only actually done five, right? Like you, the, the way that you put these statements and construct them really do matter. And so active verbiage, um, while speaking in the state of what the future looks like, like we will do this. It is our it is our vision to blah, blah, blah. Uh, just don't do past tense and make sure those verbs are active. So then with that, my last piece that I want to share on vision statements, and I think I probably need to do a total separate episode on this in order to to, to work through what I talked about I think it was two weeks ago. Uh, let me just double check so you guys can reference this. I said just a few weeks ago um, how you use your mission and your vision and your core values when you're looking to correct behavior in the environment. Uh, but just like a quick note on this, and then I promise to do like a full thing on this because it's one thing to have interviews. For me, interviews are important because it's part of my role here right now hired 40, well, I've actually, so I think I've hired 49 people and we have a stabilized 40 right now. We've have attrition, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, attrition is team members who have left our organization. Um, but the idea of using your vision statement with corrective action, if a team member of mine is 20 minutes late to a meeting, 
the way that I would handle that, and especially if it was recurring, like it happened two times in a row or three times in a row, uh, the way that I would handle that is through not making it about me or not making it about them. It's about the mission and the vision that we are serving. It's about our clients. So if they're late, let's say it's to a client call, uh, if our mission is to help our business owners achieve their personal, professional, and financial goals for the growth of their businesses, and we want to be able to impact a million businesses and create 10x businesses from them, what example are we setting if our team is late to the calls on a recurring basis? So it's not about Joey and it's not about Natalie. It's about where we're going and why we exist to use and pivot that bad behavior. I reference in this scenario, I reference our mission and vision probably once a day with our team. Hey guys, we're doing this thing, which means that this other thing can't happen. Or hey guys, we're we're this is where we're going and this is how this is in alignment. So both on both on the good and the bad side of performance, you always tie back to why are we here and where are we going? Why are we here? Where are we going? This report is fantastic. This is going to scale when we've created team two and team three and team four. Well done. Or this column doesn't make any sense and it's only relevant to the team that we're serving right now. It's not going to scale and therefore the business is going to break. So how can we fix this? Always ties back to where we're going. We're growing. We have to grow. So if we're thinking that we have to grow, then every single day when somebody makes an issue where they're thinking stagnant, they're thinking in what we're doing today, then you use that to shift the thought. Hey, wait a second. Remember that thing that we talked about? Yeah, we're going to be doing this over and over and over again. And we're actually going to have hundreds, if not thousands of people doing this exact same thing. So when you think about it from that standpoint, go rework this and send it back to me by end of day so we can make sure that we're all clear here. This will allow you to create so much transparency in the thinking of your team members. If they cannot think with how to scale, it is either your responsibility to teach them or it is their responsibility to find somebody to teach them and to bring it back into your organization. Whichever one can be faster, depending on your role and what their role is in the organization. They could take a course on this. They could enroll in our 10X employee program. There's so many different options that it doesn't just require you hand-holding them, but it equally doesn't mean that you just get to abdicate it and think that they are creating a scalable process. Because I promise you, for people who we we work in the framework of scale all day every day we talk about it constantly it's still a rewiring that has to take place because most people do not think about what they're doing every day as if they are duplicating themselves and that's not their fault but it is your responsibility as the leader to make sure that you're redirecting that and focusing them on where you are going aka your vision statement so with that, guys, this has been so fun. This is one of my very favorite topics to talk about. I would love to see your vision statements. If you want to DM them to me, I'd love to give you feedback and comments and help you restructure them. Or in person, I teach this awesome course called People Essentials Workshop, and we go so deep into mission, vision, values, plus uh, the employee maturity model and pay bans and competencies and job descriptions and all these other things where we could get some more face-to-face -face time to really work through the people process that you're creating in your organizations. So with that, you can check out our upcoming events at cardoventures.com forward slash events. And I can hardly wait to talk to you next week because 
we're going to talk about how you write a job post to attract your dream team. Thanks, guys. <laughs>